We've seen 60,000 people in the prime of their life keel over and die. This died suddenly, cause unknown. That's 60,000? The Vietnam War was 12 years of killing Americans in the prime of their life. This is one year. The fact is, we're not free, we're unworthy of any kind of protection, we're simply utilities meant to be plumbed, meant to be exploited, and meant to add value to and gain value from the value for them, not us. Isn't that what the Talmud says? I mean, isn't that part of the Jewish construct, is that the goyim are meant to serve the Jews? Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Say, that was my friend and researcher, Sophia Smallstorm. And in this one, we cover some Freemasonic symbolism on Monday Night Football when Damar Hamlin died on the field and more symbolism in the weeks since with his mysterious appearances. We cover that and so much more in this one. Thanks for being here. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Silver has been valued for its beauty and rarity for centuries, but did you know it also plays a vital role in modern industry and tech? According to Noble Gold Investments CEO Colin Plume, who I just interviewed recently, silver could be the new oil. From electronics to solar panels, demand for silver is only set to rise. That's why investing in a silver IRA from Noble Gold Investments is a smart choice for those looking to secure their financial future. With a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA, you can invest in physical silver coins or bars and take advantage of its unique properties as both a precious metal and industrial commodity. Not only does a Noble Gold Investments Silver IRA provide a hedge against inflation and market volatility, it also allows you to diversify your portfolio with an asset proven to hold its value over time. And this month, you'll get a beautiful Silver Eagle coin with every qualifying IRA of $20,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five-star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com to get started. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for tuning in. It's Sean from SGT Report here. Guys, I hope you're doing very well, and I want you to buckle up. Grab your popcorn, as some in the truth media like to say. I don't think it's a game, though. I don't think it's a fun thing to watch as the powers that ought not be try to throw us all into their cages, their pens. The question in this one, guys, are we animals or are we livestock? Which category do we fall into? Guys, we're going to talk about the on-field collapse of Buffalo Bills player Damar Hamlin, but that is not the crux of the entire conversation. Believe me, we go far, far deeper into the question of this war being waged on humanity. I'm very glad to welcome back to the show my longtime friend, Sophia Smallstorm. Sophia, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me back. I always really like our shows. Well, I appreciate you coming back. And uh, just so the audience knows, you, I like to say this, are the mind behind 9-11 Mysteries. You are also one of the folks that I brought on after Sandy Hook, and you told me that was a FEMA capstone event. Sophia, you're always ahead of the game. You always are willing to look at the most dastardly things going on and evaluate them. And to that end, I want to talk a little bit today about the on-field collapse on Monday Night Football of Damar Hamlin and his speedy recovery, which in your newsletter, you coined a new term here, a likely story, ALS. We're going to talk about that and so much more. First, I want to talk about the traitor in chief. Guys, as we know, elections have consequences. 
and stolen elections, as Steve Bannon likes to say, have catastrophic consequences, as Attorney Todd Callender and Dr. Lee Leet have been warning on my show every other week, the Biden regime is coming after our sovereignty, and uh, they've confirmed their commitment to a legally binding agreement with the World Health Organization, which will surrender U.S. authority, pandemic authority, pandemic authority to the Chinese-backed World Health Organization for generations to come. Friends, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Tedros, the head of the World Health Organization, is literally a war criminal. So it shouldn't surprise you that another war criminal, somebody who wants to openly get us into World War III over Ukraine with Russia, this guy would say this at the United Nations. As the United States turns our focus to the priorities and the regions of the world, there it is. the Indo-Pacific that are most consequential today and there tomorrow, it is. we'll do so with our allies and partners through cooperation of multilateral institutions like the United Nations to amplify our collective strength and speed our progress toward dealing with these global challenges. This is Joe Biden is a fundamental truth announcing to the world the U.S. The is laying century. down its sword, the Within U.S. is laying country, down its shield, the U.S. is laying down its sovereignty, the U.S. is laying down its independence, its prosperity, everything to the New World Order. As well, to deliver for our own people, we must also engage deeply with the rest of the world. There it is, folks. All right. Future. I think that this man, I think the World Health Organization, and definitely the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, Bill Gates, they've all vastly underestimated the human spirit because they are in for a fight. We're not going to just roll over and acquiesce our freedom, our liberty, and our dignity to these people for generations to come. It's not going to happen. Your thoughts on what you just heard? Well, Sean, I mean, that is the script but each of us in our individual lives has every opportunity to buck this script. And it doesn't have to be your responsibility to save the world, but we each have to cut our own path through this jungle and know that we can do that. Someone told me the other day, you are equipped with everything you need. And if you don't have it this second, it's going to come to you in the next few seconds, so to speak. But our, we have become disabled from understanding that. So we just cower, hunker down, collect in a herd like, like you know, domesticated animals do. And we tremble and and panic. And we cannot be doing that just because we're looking at a script that hasn't even happened yet. I think that's a very, very good point. And uh, look, Joe Biden, and I argued this after they stole the election, I really did not think they would allow this man to be sworn in because it was a national security threat. But as we've all come to learn, the national security state is with Joe Biden, the deep state, the stay in place, deep state structure. Victoria Nuland, her husband, Susan Rice, the stay in place, deep state CIA Barack Obama network is in the camp. The national security state is Joe Biden. So we're really talking about we the people, the founding fathers versus an apparatus, a cartel that has successfully, at least up to this point, committed a coup against the republic. Do you think I have that right? You do. You do have that right. But the thing is, we can navigate, whether it's out of or around this, we still have navigation ability and we cannot forget that. 
Say that to yourself every night before you go to sleep and first thing when you wake up in the morning and treat each day as a navigation adventure with many benefits to be had by you. I've become a preacher. I like it. (laughs) Okay, well, good. Keep preaching. All right. So we're going to talk about Damar Hamlin in just a second, which is part of a much, much larger picture, friends, I assure you. So first, though, I want to just establish a couple of facts. Edward Dowd, as you note in your new newsletter, he wrote a book called Cause Unknown. And of course, I've listened to dozens of interviews with Edward Dowd. I haven't had him on yet myself, but uh, he's the former BlackRock manager. And in his book, he writes, from February 2021 to March 2022, more than 60,000 millennials died unexpectedly. These were excess deaths over historic norms. Now, he notes that the Vietnam War took 12 years to kill that many healthy young people. So with that in mind, I want to play a real quick soundbite. And I played it in my most recent interview with Austin just the other day. But I want to play it again. It's from Dr. Peter McCullough, who says something here which completely resonates with me. And it makes me wonder, Sophia, have they been spraying lithium over the American people? What are they doing to cause people to care so little about what's going on. I'll play this clip. We'll come back to you, get your opinion on this. And then we're going to go to a clip about Damar Hamlin at the Super Bowl. Listen to this. The vaccines haven't worked. And then the people who've been damaged by the vaccines don't seem to care. So there's no outrage in general. And so, you know, I think we are far, far away from Nuremberg trials. People would actually have to care about what happens. And right now we see death after death. The families don't seem to care. I'll pause it there. I played a much longer version of that clip the other day, so I won't belabor it. But your thoughts on that? It doesn't really seem like that many people seem to care, except for the ones who think like you and I do and are all over Twitter. But the vast majority of the American people seem not to understand what's going on, seem not to think what's going on could be true when we warn them about it, and otherwise seem perfectly fine with a 40% rise in all-cause mortality, something that has never been seen before, at least in our human history, at least in our recorded human history that we know about. Well, Sean, you know, there's been an infantilization of American people, unfortunately, and they have been mollycoddled by the television and movies and entertainment and even stupid stuff like this is the only country that developed a culture for children specifically, like children, kitty toothpaste, kitty cereals, kitty everything. And it becomes very difficult to transition out of that and become a proper adult because the television panders to you as though you were a small child. And the television told all these people to go and get their shots. And so they are still plugged into that kind of obedience, obeisance. They obey that television because it is their babysitter and has been all their lives you know i heard a clip last night boy i sure wish i had clipped it out for you i'd play it right now but it was somebody somebody really smart back in the 1920s talking about electromagnetic radiation back then and explaining how it is causing people to be dumbed down this person noted that it's easy now to observe human beings having a difficult time processing normal information that was not difficult to process just a generation ago. And that was in the 1920s, Sophia. Can you imagine how dumbed down we are now with the vaccines, 
the childhood vaccine schedule, the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. With 5G, we're being bathed in EMF, chemtrails, fluoride in the water. I mean, my God, they are really turning us into, as you note in your newsletter, livestock. Yes, it's true. And we have to decide we are not livestock. We're not going to be hybridized. Um, I am reading an amazing book right now, and it's going to be in my store. So by the time your listeners get to my store, it'll be there and they can get it. And it's by Anna Maria Mihalchia, this doctor who has come out. I mean, she's come out with guns blazing. This is just a figure of speech, right? She's doing all that she can do to inspect the content of these vaccine vials and expose that, Sean, this is this can be shared. It actually is being taken up by people who are not vaccinated, and there are ways to clear it. But one of the things I'm learning from her book, which is called Light Medicine, is that we have infinite ability to heal, infinite ability to heal our bodies by taking up light real light, sunlight, breaking it into all these different frequencies that we then send around our body. They're literally like tools. And these frequencies of light, of visible light, green, blue, red, infrared, ultraviolet, they act as um, as catalysts for all these different biochemical and bioelectrical reactions inside us. And one thing she says in this book, which just hit me like a ton of bricks, was, you can bet that if you harbor and nurture, I'll put it this way, untoward thoughts, constantly pulling yourself down into glumness, doom and gloom, you will interfere with your body's ability to heal itself. That is an absolute proven fact. And so that's what we cannot afford to do, Sean. We cannot indulge ourselves in this fear. I agree with you. If you bog yourself down in uh, the negative all day long, then that's what you will put out into the world. So if we can turn our attention to Damar Hamlin just briefly, I think this is a decent segue, and it sort of bridges into what we just discussed here. There's a spiritual element of what's going on here. And in this conversation briefly about Damar Hamlin and his collapse on field, his death for nearly nine minutes on field on Monday Night Football, which I watched live, I saw the whole thing, there's a spiritual element to his story. Whether he's alive or dead, whether or not uh, they're using a deep fake or or like Dr. Peter McCullough said what happened, he would recover and has recovered. I'm not sure maybe that's the deal, but I want to play this sound clip about the spiritual nature of what's going on here. This is in regards to Damar Hamlin, I guess, being at the Super Bowl. Listen to this. He made a miraculous recovery, in fact, and was at the Super Bowl yesterday dancing and having a good time, but shocked many viewers with this jacket that he was seen wearing. On the back of the jacket, it says the word eternal with the mockery of a face of Jesus which didn't make sense to me because five days ago he was recorded saying this. My vision was about playing in the NFL and being the best player that I could be. But God's plan was to have a purpose greater than any game in this world. Which led me to think, I doubt that he just rejected his beliefs in five days. So maybe he was just trying to be edgy. So I looked up the jacket and the designer posted two outfits that honestly shocked me. On the pants, you see the words sex on the front with holy crosses on the back. And you also see the words Satan and holy wars on the pants. On the jacket, there is a gun behind the cloth covering Jesus. And on the face of Jesus, he's seen smiling with rainbow grills. This is definitely not edgy. And it's a deliberate attack on Christianity and the faith. Sophia, I'm going to come back to you. And uh, I just guess what I would say about that clip. 
is that regardless of whether or not Damar Hamlin survived, and I hope he did, but regardless, it's very clear that uh, at least part of his story is a spiritual one. And I think it speaks to the nature of the war being waged against us. Where would you like to start in regards to Damar Hamlin? Well, first of all, Sean, you were the one. I never heard of Damar Hamlin ever until you wrote me that email the day after this happened. You said, I'm in shock by what I just saw last night on Monday Night Football. And I'm going, what? What happened? What happened? So I did a little searching. It didn't take me more than half a second. And I saw these reports about it. And it was only a little later that I became aware somehow of this kneeling um, configuration around him. Yeah. And I sent you that picture. And uh, it's very strange. It, that alone, here you have this gaggle of, of football players all kneeling. So that's a genuflection, right? On one leg. Some of them are the left leg, some the right leg. And so it's a cluster, and they're, they've got their arms on each other's shoulder, hands on each other's shoulders. And in the center, there is a tall black guy who has number 33 on his jersey, and he is standing. Okay, he's the only one standing in this huddle. And his name is N-E-A-L, Neil. So that to me looked terribly Masonic, that here we have this, you know, their revered number 33 on the back of a guy whose name for all intents and purposes, as far as we can see, is kneel. And that's like a command to the others to kneel, K-N-E-E-L. And I thought that was just extremely hard to put in perspective. If this really happened, and they're all clustered around somebody who's, you know, categorically dead and is being resuscitated, why would this guy be standing? So I couldn't come up with an explanation for that at the time, and I haven't been able to since. That's a really interesting observation. I'd never seen this particular photograph. I'm just showing what you sent me here. And uh, one thing I want you to know is that I did literally watch this live. I watched him collapse on the field. I watched the response. I watched this unfold over multiple commercial breaks, over nine minutes. Um, and I watched his teammates and players on the other team weep, some of them uncontrollably. And the event, whatever happened that night, I believe is real. There was a cardiac event, in my opinion, that happened to this guy. But as we're beginning to learn about so many sports and everything else in our society, a lot of this stuff is orchestrated. And it does sort of beg the question, was there a script? Certainly there was a script after he was taken to the hospital. His own relative said then he died again. He had a second cardiac event. But I think what's shocking everybody is that a week later, less than two weeks later, he's bouncing around at the Super Bowl cheering. But of course, he was all bundled up, face mask, puffy jacket, hood. That could have been anybody. So the whole thing is confusing. And the reason I wanted to have you on to just talk about this portion of our conversation today is because of your work on Sandy Hook, is because of your work on 9-11 with 9-11 Mysteries. And the fact that you found this photograph, well, I'm not surprised. Well, it's not just that photograph. And let's call it Handy Sook, like Peggy Hall does. So we, you know, we yeah. blur the um, detectability of sure. it. Yeah. Okay, so Handy Sook, right? Anyway, all right. So I saw Mr. Puffy Orange Ski Suit walking around doing his Illuminati signs. And I noticed that those were still photos. I noticed uh, this guy is kind of pigeon-toed. 
He's definitely walking with his feet straight. First of all, proportionally, he doesn't match Damar Hamlin, even though he's all puffed up in those those heavy wintry clothes. But when you look at Damar Hamlin, the sequence, I took still frames from his collapse on January 2nd in the game. And when you look at those still frames, you will see he is number three. You can see his dreadlocks hanging down. You see his foot plant. It is what they call everted, meaning sticking out to either side. This man, I took four stills. I sent them all to you. Even as he's falling, even as he's becoming weaker, and then when he falls, you see that his feet, both of them, are pointing completely out to either side. Now, that is called eversion. And then people who have pigeon toes, that's called inversion. Okay? Now, eversion and inversion of your feet, To I read Ida Rolf's book. I am a huge fan of Rolfing. I've been Rolfed many, many times now in the last couple of years to straighten my body out. But eversion and inversion originates in the relationship of the femur, that's the bone through your thigh, to the pelvis, to that socket where the head of the femur is inserted into the pelvis. You cannot make a person into an inverted or straight walker in a matter of days or weeks. This Damar, look at him unconscious. Look how his feet stick out. I mean, it's practically like second position in ballet. And look at the guy in the suit, the orange suit. He has not got that kind of foot plant. And somebody overlooked this. So what did you think of that? Well, I want to say one thing, actually, because I did see this live on television as it happened, the mm. entire thing, the whole game from beginning to end. See this number 30 to the right? That was yeah. the first responder. Do you see him staring at Damar right there, that eye contact? I made the comment early on when this happened and I watched the video that uh, the quick reaction, the first responder action on the field was from number 30 as he watched Damar fall over. And I mean, within two seconds, this guy was running to Damar's aid. And it just sort of made me wonder, you know, you got to understand these are professional football players. They all have their duty on every play. So for number 21 to be watching out for number three with the eagle eye that he was made me think that maybe DeMar had told him earlier in the day or before the game or just prior to this play, dude, I don't feel good, man. Something's wrong. I don't know. Is mm. there something wrong with my chest? Because number 30, and I'll play the video here, he was on top of number three within three seconds of DeMar falling down while everybody was walking back to the huddle. Number three, that's number three. He makes the tackle. Now keep your eye on number 30. Mm. See, there it goes. Yeah, it's, uh, see, watch. Not what any of us want to see. And everybody's number around 30 him. to the right of your screen. Watch Eagle Eye. Be okay. watch. Jamar goes down. Uh, Boom. So we'll take another break. So it just makes me wonder if there isn't more to the story here about Damar's health before this happened, but I'm getting a little off track. What do you think is going on here? Do you think that there is a, a body double? We know that Hillary Clinton has one. We know that Joe Biden has one. I'm talking about professional body doubles. We know that Zelensky has one. That was just accidentally revealed the other day. Uh, certainly, there could be somebody who they found that resembles Damar. Certainly, there are deep fakes. What do you think is going on here? Do you think he actually survived like Dr. Peter McCullough thinks? Or do you think there's something even more nefarious going on? Sean, 
These people hold the keys. They pull the strings. They can mix it up any way they want. But if you look at the photo of Damar Hamlin that I sent you from the internet, and it's titled Damar Hamlin Feet, this is before everything happened. And you see how his legs are. He has very lean, very muscular legs in the lean sense. He's lanky and his feet stick out. So that's Damar Hamlin. And the person who fell on the field, if you're implying that that could have been a body double during the game. No, 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 uh, no. No, no, You're never. saying afterwards. I'm yes, saying whoever they, it is that we're seeing now. Yeah. Well, w- there could be more than one that we're seeing now. People have noted things about tattoos. Dreadlocks are not quite the same. They're much thicker than they used to be. And, you know, that's all easy cosmetic stuff to do or fix or change. But the guy we saw in the orange suit, um, that's not him. Because he, there is no way he'd be walking the way he's walking in those stills. Because you can't make a guy who falls unconscious with his feet stuck out like that. You can't make such a pronounced everter into someone who walks straight or slightly inverted. It's just not possible. All right. So th- that's already a double right there. Well, and by the way, he did a uh, interview, whoever this person is, Damar or not, did an interview with Good Morning America. And one of the first questions he was asked was, about his health and was he ever vaccinated and he took a very long pause like a 10 second pause and then said that's not really something i want to get into very much so they're going to obfuscate the fact that the nfl did require players and coaches and staff by the way to take the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine and in fact there was a assistant coach for the minnesota vikings who was fired for refusing to take the jab So now the NFL backtracks and says, well, you know what? It wasn't really a mandate. It was a suggestion. These young players all took it. And uh, I just spoke with Chris Edelkamp, who was a massage therapist who worked primarily on professional athletes. And she just quit. She had to give up her career because she's convinced that her health problems that she's now having and she's unvaxxed are from working on vaxxed players, having that skin contact for an hour at a time. So Let's talk about what's really going on here as all-cause mortality globally is up 40% or more just in the past couple of years in the mainstream media, the whores in the mainstream media can't put two and two together. Yeah. So, Sean, this book by Edward Dowd called Cause Unknown, I bought it a few weeks ago and I was impressed. It is basically a picture book. It's a coffee table hard cover. Everyone, in my opinion, should have a copy of this book. It consists of graphics in the form of headlines torn out. I'll put like quotes around torn out with QR codes. So you can go and verify every article mentioned. It's not a book book that you read. There's text in it. There are little sections of of writings from various people, Dowd and others. RFK Jr. does the intro to the book forward. But this is just absolutely undeniable. And what he said, Dowd himself, is that we've had now in the span of a year, 12 months, we've seen 60,000 people in the prime of their life keel over and die. This died suddenly, cause unknown. And that's that's 60,000. The Vietnam War was 12 years of killing Americans in the prime of their life. This is one year. So people have to ask each other the question. And I was lucky enough to get um, approved by the distributor of this book. So it's going to be in my store in another day or two. 
Cause unknown, Edward Dowd. It's absolutely a must. You must own this. You must show this to people if you have the heart. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that people don't want to know about this, those who have been vaxxed. So we are in a very tenuous situation between trying to tell people who've received this gene therapy or these soft robotics inserted into their bodies. Um, they may not want to know about this. But the fact is, you knowing arms you, knowing arms you, as to the reality of the world. And Anna Mihalchia says that in her treatment of people in her medical practice, which is in Washington state, she too has encountered unvaxxed people who have somehow imported these soft robotics into their bodies. Dark field microscopy of their blood shows things that way back we were seeing in the bodies of Morgellons people. These things were actually coming out of them. This is a part of my nanotech pyramid, you know, I've mentioned that before, where the raw materials of nanotech um, are at the bottom of the pyramid, but they somehow can assemble, self-assembly is called, into structures. Those structures start to follow processes. And in the end, devices are actually made. They are self-assembling inside you. And this is part of soft robotics, but coming into our bodies through nanotechnology. And um, I wouldn't tell people to get all worked up right now about their perhaps, you know, taking on these forms just by contact with or proximity to vaxxed people because Anna says, and I want you so much to have her on your show, that the unvaxxed seem to clear this. They clear this on a regular basis, whereas the vaxxed, it just keeps building up and building up and building up. So I have put a lot of this stuff in that new newsletter that I just mailed out yesterday. So your listeners are getting a real like jump start on my latest yeah, and uh, we're going to jump a little bit around here, but uh, top of page five on the right side here, even unvaxxed people are developing strange structures and even devices in their blood. This is the nanotech pyramid, which you've been talking about. And it reminded me of Chris Edelkamp, who I just interviewed and what she's going through, having worked on these professional athletes, MLB, NFL players, and uh, spending an hour at a time as a massage therapist. And she believes that uh, shedding has occurred and think of it, skin-to-skin -skin contact. What is the biggest organ in the human body? It's skin. Skin-to-skin -skin contact, it cost her her career. She quit. So uh, as we jump around a little bit, I do want to go back to the NFL. I forgot to ask you something. On the top right of page six of your newsletter, you quote Sasha Latipova, who I've had on. And of course, she notes that this is all part of a DOD program. The DOD controls the public health emergency in America under, quote, other transaction authority, end quote. And they placed an order for the COVID products that they call countermeasures. Thus, these are military weapons. So if we go back real quick, I forgot to ask you about this in the national security state. The idea that uh, Damar Hamlin's collapse was a national security issue. Can you imagine what was going on behind the scenes for those nine minutes? The commissioner of the NFL, government officials. Can you imagine the conversations that were taking place at that moment in time? Because just think about this. The NFL is a $20 billion annual business. They forced their players and coaches to take the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. Pfizer is a $100 billion a year business. Can you even imagine the calls that were happening? Can you imagine what was going on behind the scenes at that moment while that man was laying dead on the field for nine minutes? I just want your thoughts on that. Well, again, 
I can only imagine, Sean, just as you say, um, they had major, major egg on their face. They had major, major, um, I could use a bad word to deal with in deep, you know what, right? But this, to cover it as they did, and the more, the worse, the sloppier the job of covering up and excuse making is, the more they're going to get us all riled up, the more the public is going to turn deaf to it because it's too confusing for them to work through, right? 100%. And yeah. yeah. And I just want to, I posted on my blog a while ago, somebody sent me a graphic. So people don't have a good idea of how much bigger than a million, a billion is, all right? It's a thousand times more. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm going to just ask you, we understand time pretty well because we're all alive and living and, and working with time. So a million seconds how long do you think? How many days do you think that is? Give a wild guess. I, I've heard this have no shame. before. A million seconds is 11 days All right. of your life. That's a million seconds that you've lived. Now, a billion seconds is 31.5 years. Okay. 31.5 years. So when you talk about how much funding, how much money Pfizer made, billions billions think of the difference between a million and a billion these are astronomical numbers astronomical quantities that we can't even begin to fathom and so the world works with these astronomical references that we don't even understand we don't understand nanotech you know sean i wrote in this newsletter because it hit me again like a ton of bricks that nanotechnology is modern eugenics Right. So I want to draw attention to a talk I posted on my blog, sophiasmallstorm.com, by a guy called Ralph Merkel. This man, Merkel, I don't know how I came across him. I hadn't really heard of him ever before. But he is one of the wizards of um, molecular rebuilding. He's an expert on atomic, um, atomic, I don't know, I even know how to say it, rearranging atoms. So he's a computer scientist, and he said, he quotes this physicist, Richard Feynman, from 1959, who said that physics, basically is my wording, has nothing against building stuff from the atom level up. So that means physics, just you know enough about physics, use it the right way, and you can build anything. So molecular nanotechnology refers to building things out of atoms themselves, and they have nanofactories that can take atoms and rearrange them. And the nanotech people, the futurists, call this adding value. So here's an example. It's a very generic example. If you know how to rearrange the atoms of coal, you can make a diamond. Yeah? Oh, by the way, can I weigh in on that? I just saw the uh, diamond documentary on Netflix the other day about De Beers. And I know you knew this, and I knew it to a large degree. Diamonds are, for all practical purposes, pretty much worthless and the only reason they have value is because a marketing ploy was put together by De Beers and the money masters more than a hundred years ago and they rolled out that idea that uh, your love for your girlfriend is worth three months salary to buy a diamond right the diamond engagement ring that's all pretty much new within the last hundred years and it's all concocted it's all manufactured and it's all marketing 
Okay, but let me tell you this. We know that. I knew that. It's Oppenheimer's and De Beers. Don't leave the Oppenheimer's out of this. Okay. That's right. You're right. Yeah. So, that was connected to true love, romantic love, et cetera, which hadn't existed really in the past. Marriages were economic um, in their um, arrangement, not not because of romance. If you wanted romance, you had an affair. But anyway, the point is, regardless, they still need to go in the mines and get the diamonds. And that's a little bit difficult. Or they make the, you know, uh, cubic zirconia diamonds. So... What if you could just rearrange the atoms of coal and make a diamond? And you could do it off a desktop 3D printer. You could just have diamonds rolling into your lap. This is considered adding value. So what they're trying to do in nanotech... Okay, so Merkel shows a diagram. He has a big blob on his screen. And it's a fairly big screen that he's sharing with this audience, live audience. And there's a dot in the middle of the screen. And he says, all right, this dot represents our current present day manufacturing capability, meaning we can't manufacture a lot. And the big blob around it is all that exists in the physical universe. So we can only manufacture one tiny dot worth of everything that exists. But he said, the more we progress, the better we get at technology, our ability to manufacture is going to be like this. And then there's that dot expands and starts filling a whole lot more space in the big blob. So this is called, the only reason we can't do that right now, Sean, is, I kid you not, he says this, our fingers are too fat. We cannot get on the small scale, to the small scale, the way we will be able to in the future. So these nanotech people have targeted us in the way that livestock owners, they don't even consider livestock to be animals. There's a whole different definition, legal definition between animals and livestock. And so these livestock owners have throughout history improved their flocks by selective feeding and breeding and they've added value. This is called adding value. And that's what nanotechnology is seeking to do in us, adding value to us through this stealthy, secretive insertion of soft robotics and God knows what else right into our flesh without telling us. Do you know what? Jesus is very clear about this. The Bible is very clear about this. There is nothing new under the sun as in the days of Noah. You know what? We have fat fingers for a reason, because we're not gods. We're not the God. We're not the creator. But isn't it just true, don't you think, that throughout history, this has happened time and time again. The whole history of this world is truly hidden from us. But the hubris of man, time and time and time again, through technology, the hubris of man is raised to the point where they want to challenge God. They want to defile or recreate God's vision and God's creation. And that's what's going on here. You can comment on that, but I want to do a screen share here, and uh, maybe that'll spark your comment. White fibrous clots. All right, you've got this over on your site, sophiasmallstorm.com. But I'll jump to the chase. Top of page four, you note, in the worst stuff from rights, a black and white thermography image of legs of a vax person alive and well and walking around showing large veins in each leg bulging with something dense and ugly. And it can't be blood. It's the rubbery mesh choking the vessels. Yet the people feel nothing, writes reports, that is, until they exercise and drop dead. It really begs the question now, is my guest Chris Edelkamp correct? Are we all 
being shut upon? Is this stuff getting into all of us? Okay, I'm sending you the picture I took from Ana Mihalcia's interview with Felipe Reitz, who is a Brazilian medical researcher, and he has done CT, computerized thermography. This is a vaxxed person. You, you can see what's going on in that leg. There's something dense. There's something huge. That white fibrous clot stuff, it's clogging the vein in that, that leg. Can you see that? Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. We're technically at war and in a recession. Two things the government doesn't want you to know, but it's only a matter of time until the cracks start to show and you know who's going to get hit the most? You. That's why you need to protect yourself and your family because things are going to get worse before they get better. Fortunately, Noble Gold Investments is here to help you. There's always a risk of investment and no guarantee of any kind, so do your own due diligence. But you've worked too hard to build up your savings and investments to see it all crumble. Gold and silver from Noble Gold Investments are real possessions in times like these. Knowing you're outside the system, if and when it crashes, is a great feeling. And a surefire way to keep your money safe for your retirement is a precious metals IRA. Noble Gold Investments has been helping people just like you to keep their money safe for years with these IRAs. And this month, Noble Gold is giving away a Gold Eagle bullion coin with every qualifying IRA of $50,000 or higher. Make sure you don't get trampled. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Yeah, it's deeply disturbing. I can see it. I mean, it just, when I saw those pictures, I was horrified. I started looking around me when I was out and about and thinking of my neighbors. They're all, and the thing is, rights tells us that these people have no symptoms. They cannot feel this stuff. And it's only when they get out and exercise and they put demand on their cardiovascular system, they need the heart to circulate oxygenated blood faster and harder. And that's when they drop dead. Otherwise, they have no symptoms. My God. Yes. And uh, you note here in your newsletter, vax people's blood, red blood cells are stuck together like tar. And Philippe writes, notes, something in the vax is disrupting zeta potential and badly. What is zeta potential? Okay, that's my um, observation. So zeta potential is the negative charge on the surface of any um particle in a colloid. Colloidal chemistry is a special subpart of chemistry. I started looking into it a little bit last year. And colloids, there's so much colloid in our body. Blood is a colloid. Okay, I'll give you some daily examples. Whipped cream, shaving foam, mud, paint. These are materials that are two states of matter mixed together. So in blood, when they centrifuge blood, they separate the liquid from the solid, right? And when you whip cream, you what you're really doing is you're whipping air, which is one state of matter, into the liquid, which is the heavy cream, and you put a negative charge on the surfaces of the liquids, the liquid material, and that causes them to repel each other in a positively charged matrix, which is the air. So in your blood, your serum is positively charged and the particles of red blood cells, they are negatively charged. And the zeta potential measures the negative charge on the surface of the red blood cells. And with enough zeta potential, your red blood cells repel one another. And that's what gives fluidity and the circulation 
um, performance to your blood. But I'm going to just tell everybody this. Uh, just a few minutes on a cell phone or in the Wi-Fi environment will start to put um, glomming onto your red blood cells. The worst uh, example of that is huge coin stacks called rouleau in French. The word rouleau means um, rolls. Um, so when you disrupt the negative charge on the surface of the red blood cells, you are going to make them come together instead of pushing each other apart. And this guy, he calls himself a Midwestern doctor. He's on Substack. He says that zeta, poor zeta potential, it's called non-physiologic zeta potential, is one of the most common causes of disease. This is his view, and I think he's absolutely right. So when you disrupt the negative charge on the surface of many, many um, particle forms that are in the body, for instance, the interior of your cell, the cytoplasm, that has a negative charge. That's a structured water. So if you start destroying the, it's called electrokinetic potential of the colloids in your body, you're inviting disease. So this vaccine, I realized many months ago, it is an electrochemical change agent in the body. It introduces changes to the colloid. It starts destabilizing your blood. That's a disruption of the zeta potential of the particles in your blood, the red blood cells. And that's inviting all kinds of problems with, as a friend of mine put it the other day, you're sitting at a banquet of consequences. Did you say a banquet? Yeah, yes. Yeah. This shot, to say nothing of the other horrible hazards they have thrown on us in terms of aerial spraying, everything else, the GMOs, you name it, there's stuff happening to us. We are at a banquet table of negative consequences. That's where we are. But again, I'll go back to what I said earlier, your thought process have confidence in your body's amazing ability to utilize light. This is free sunlight. It's outside. That's why they're trying to filter it, Sean, with yep. the white haze that they pump up there. Right? Yep. So yep. your ability to utilize sunlight is so effective. That's the reason we're still walking around, Sean. I'm convinced of it. Well, so am I. And that's why Bill Gates wants to dim the sun. It's all in the name of saving us and saving the planet because climate change, it's all nonsense. As you know, Dane Wigington knows. I know the audience knows. But uh, what seems to be lost on the sheeple people who don't pay attention to any of this is that plants require sunlight so they can do photosynthesis and give us oxygen and grow and give us fruits and give us food and give us everything we require. So it makes sense. Dim the sun, kill us. Because they hate us. They want to depopulate the world, as you know, as my audience knows. But the sheeple people, they have no idea because they listen to CNN, MSNBC, and the Washington Post. They have no idea, Sophia, that war is being waged against them. They have no idea, by the way, that not only do the powers that ought not be in the World Economic Forum and Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and the Rothschilds and Biden uh, in the United Nations think we're animals. It's worse than that. They think we're livestock. And you, yes. note, and you note in your newsletter animals versus livestock are two different things. Animals are free. Livestock are kept in pens and cages and serve as food supply and resources. That's what they think we are. Right. So there's a term in our language called animal husbandry. I had heard it 
many times. And I was familiar with it and I knew what it meant, but I didn't know why it meant that. What's husbandry? What is that all about? So in the 14th century, the word husband meant to manage carefully. Okay. So back then, the husband owned and cared for his household. And the modern uh, context of this word husband means to control resources. So animal husbandry is practiced by farmers and ranchers who own these flocks of domesticated animals, for which there are entirely different laws. Animal cruelty laws in many states do not pertain to domesticated animals. It's only, you know, wolves and eagles and stuff that flies and lives freely. So domesticated animals are, It's there was a Okay, I'm looking at a different article. Aldo Leopold was uh, somebody in American history. He was an ecologist or something like that. And he argued that wild animals and domesticated animals have different moral statuses. Domestic animals are not free and therefore are unworthy of our regard. Now, just to continue from this, this is an... um, archived article from Harper's by Joy Williams uh, entitled Every Beast of the Earth. So Catholic moral textbooks instruct that we have no duties of justice or charity toward animals. Our only duties concerning them are the proper use we make of them. So, you know, the idea that if you consider something to be a domesticated animal, cattle. I mean, we're always told by people that the powers that be treat us like cattle, consider us to be cattle, they spray us like bugs. So once they put us in that kind of category, then we... Yes, goyim would be one word. Yes, we're not free. We're unworthy of any kind of protection. We're simply utilities meant to be plumbed, meant to be exploited, and meant to add value to and gain value from the value for them, not us. Isn't that what the Talmud says? I mean, isn't that part of the Jewish construct is that the goyim are meant to serve the Jews? Supposedly, yes. The Talmud is a very, very large uh, collection of rabbinical doctrines. And most Jews don't even have any idea of what, what it is. They never see it. I was told if you go in a synagogue and you ask to see the Talmud, they won't show it to you. Yeah, but the average Jew does know what goyim is, right? Yeah. They they use that term widely. And I guess that means that those who aren't Jewish are beneath them. And it does beg the question, how does this construct, not just Jewish people, believe me, I think it's much broader than that, but how does the new world order view us? Well, they view us like livestock and there's different rules for livestock. As you note in your newsletter, the Iowa select farms that operated 800 pig farms in Iowa had abuses so shocking that they were temporarily barred from doing business with other meat suppliers. And uh, I think ultimately some laws were passed that made it illegal for anyone to go in with hidden cameras and expose that abuse. So there's very different rules for animals and livestock. And the problem is, is that you and I both are starting to think that uh, the structure, the power structure that controls this planet, they view us as livestock. They do. That's why they call us human resources, by the way. That's, again, a very good example. So, yeah, if in Iowa, if you set foot on a pig farm, it is an aggravated misdemeanor. If you do it twice, now you have a felony on your record. So 
But if you abuse a pig, one of these domesticated pigs in Iowa, um, and you kill it, it's just a little, you know, it's it's a misdemeanor also. But you can't set foot on there, those farms. You can't look at what's happening. You can't film what's happening because now you're going to be in felony territory. And these li livestock abuse is an entirely separate set of laws that they rarely ever um, resort to. Yeah, that's because nobody would dare set foot on a pig farm undercover anymore, uh, as uh, was a trend for a while there. But uh, let me do a screen share. I know this is challenging and it's dark stuff, guys, but uh, just keep in mind what they did to people in hospitals in New York, what Cuomo did to nursing home patients, what they've done to people that we love, like my friend Scott Shera's daughter, Grace, who was murdered at that hospital in Appleton, Wisconsin, because not only did they give her all of the drugs that shut her system down, the doctor issued a DNR, do not resuscitate, despite the family never being asked about that at all. And certainly the family would have never signed off on a do not resuscitate order. They killed his daughter. They killed Scott's daughter, Grace. So here we have a heartbreaking situation. Two weeks after the Pfizer death shot, a once healthy father is now on life support. So again, how are they treating us? Whether or not you believe the conversation that Sophie and I are having right now has merit, whether or not you think that anything we've covered has merit, how are they treating us? They're ignoring the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. I'm talking about the mainstream horror media that ought to be exposing it. I'm talking about the government in bed with Pfizer. I'm talking about the DOD that actually asked Moderna and Pfizer for these countermeasures. And Pfizer and Moderna delivered with a bioweapon. The DOD said, thanks, here's your money. How are they treating us? They're not treating us like human beings. They're treating us like livestock, Sophia. Yes, the value has to be added. According to their time frame, the point in the chronology of the earth, modern culture has been reached where value must be added to us on the inside, from the inside, and it's being done covertly. And as a friend of mine said, was the vax for COVID or was COVID for the vax, right? Right. They needed an excuse to roll out a bioweapon, so they invented an excuse, and that excuse was the COVID boogeyman virus, and they rolled out a bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine, and no one seems to notice, no one seems to care. Where's the outrage? I know there are some protests happening overseas, in front of the BBC headquarters, for instance, but I see precious little happening here in the States. But I guess that's true across the board. I don't see a lot of people protesting against the Ukraine march towards World War III either. Sean, one of the things I want to draw a parallel to, I wrote newsletters about this, I think, two or three summers ago. I was reading um, Gwyn's book, Empire of the Summer Moon, S.C. Gwyn. So this was about the Comanches. And then I read a book by a guy called Fehrenbach, who is, that's a complimentary book and just as dense on its own. But this situation in America, when the 1800s technology started to sweep across the Great Plains and the Native American people who were basically in the Stone Age, all right, Indians, Native Americans had lived the way they lived for 2000 years or however long. And most of them were basically Stone Age. They actually didn't uh, use agriculture, most of them, a few did, a few had their little Hogans and Pueblos and buildings that they didn't transport on um, with horses, ponies. 
Um, but most of the Comanches, the Apaches, the tribes were completely bewildered by 1800 technology. So that would be watches, the six gun, the Colt revolver, the rifle, the train track being laid across the country. I remember reading a report by a guy who actually lived with the Indians. And he said that what, the first time they ever saw a locomotive come barreling past on the track, they thought it was going to kill them. They couldn't understand why it passed them by because they didn't understand the concept of a train on a track. So 1800s technology was too much for the Indian tribes to comprehend. This is how we are with nanotechnology. We can't comprehend it. We can't comprehend that there will be a 3D printer on your desk one day that if you want it to, can spit out diamonds or anything you want. I mean, they are talking about making organs in your body out of a 3D printer. And I saw a video of this a couple of years ago. It's that they were making a kidney and it was this blobby, you know, meaty thing. And it came out of this printer and it, it jiggled. And of course, it wasn't a functioning kidney, but the point was, it was a demonstration of what will happen someday. As Feynman, Feynman said from 1959, physics has nothing against building anything that's possible to build, including our biology. So the soft robotics being put into us is beyond the comprehension of most people. Even if you sat them down for half an hour, an hour, and explained this to them, they would have a difficult time grasping it. Well, I know, but it is all Tower of Babel as in the days of Noah hubris, right? Because if you're to believe anything that we're told, science is now challenging God. And if you don't trust the science, well, then you're a science non-believer. You're some sort of a, you're a bad person. And um, maybe as we round out the conversation, let's go to this Peter McCullough clip and uh, maybe we come full circle, starting with him and ending with him. The general understanding is roughly 15, one five percent of people are injured with the COVID-19 vaccines. That is a substantial proportion. Uh, the understanding is about 2.5% sustain heart damage or heart injury. These are substantial percentages of which we can understand the determinants. There's a lead and it's coming through pharmaceutical industry experts. And one of the leads is that not every vial of the vaccine is the same. And it's now understood that 80% of the, the deaths with uh, Pfizer occur from 30% of the lots. 80% of the deaths with Moderna come from 20% of the lots. I'll pause it there. Isn't that interesting, Sophia? A lot yes. of the researchers now are plotting this out on the XY axis with the uh, most harmful lots and the most deaths. And they're finding that the most deaths have occurred in red states. Isn't that interesting? Yes, I heard about that. And I live in California. And honestly, I haven't heard of a lot of difficulties people have had, but I just thought I, you know, I'm not sampling a huge cross section of the population, even though I know a lot of people who have been vaccinated. But once again, Sean, there's a reason our fingers are too fat. There's a reason you were so right when you said that what a great way to frame it. And whether this succeeds or doesn't succeed, we don't know. But the fact is that an attempt has been made to enter our bodies and introduce into our bodies a form of technology that doesn't belong there that we did not agree to. That's what people have to understand. I don't think that takes an hour to explain. No, it doesn't. 
And it doesn't take an hour to explain that we have a traitor sitting in the White House with an administration that is beholden to the United Nations and the World Economic Forum and UN Agenda 2030. They hate humanity to the degree that they want us out of our single family homes. They don't want us having affordable forms of energy like gasoline powered cars, coal or natural gas. And this traitor in chief is going to abdicate. He's going to give away our sovereignty to the World Health Organization So if and when there's another pandemic, we will have to listen. Supposedly, he thinks, I'm not going to listen to them. I don't think DeSantis in Florida will listen to them. I think that there's going to be a rebellion in this country, the likes of which Joe Biden has never seen. But uh, this man, this puppet in chief, thinks that the WHO and Tedros, a war criminal, will be able to dictate to us, we the people, sovereign people of the United States of America, not the U.S. corporation, that we have to take their bioweapons in perpetuity under the guise of pandemic after pandemic after pandemic. I don't think it's going to work. At least it's not going to work for me and my family, Sophia. Final word from you, and then we'll head over to Avatar Products and show folks some of your goodies over there. Well, I just want to say this. When we were talking about computerized thermography and we showed that image of the veins, not everybody has a machine like this, and the mainstream medicine considers it to be quackery, unreliable, ineffective, this kind of imaging, right? But if you know what you're how to read these images, I don't, but people who who are trained in CT thermography can come up with a diagnosis from looking at images, or at least a rough diagnosis. Well, I had a friend, he was an acupuncturist, and he was very excited about a CT thermography machine that he decided to buy for his practice. He thought he could scan patients, show them images like this. Now, this is black and white, but there are color images that show you like these hot spots, thermograms with Uh, maybe a different color in an area where you might have some inflammation that might be a precursor to some kind of cancer or whatever. So his plan was to scan his patients and show them areas of their bodies that potentially could develop some form of disease, right? And the and he, he lost his entire practice over this machine because patients did not want these scans. They did not want to see in advance anything having to do with any illness they might contract or develop down the road. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, Sean, here's the thing. We have to keep using cash. Catherine Austin Fitz um, put a newsletter out which introduced the concept of Cash Friday that on Fridays, Everybody use cash. Don't use your debit card or anything like that. Just give it a rest. Give it a break. We have to start weaning ourselves from the conveniences they've offered us. And most people are doing this because it's convenient, right? When you subscribe to my newsletter, I don't take credit card payments. You cannot just subscribe. You can't sign up um, and get make some kind of remote electronic payment for it. So, Sean, I think that um, it's very important for us to all consider ourselves on a team we are we are part of a network of people who care there's you're showing the book cause unknown now we're so happy aren't we to have a person of his ilk his background blackrock um whatever he did i don't know why he was with blackrock but he obviously made a lot of money he was a health analyst Uh, health trends on Wall Street. But that cause unknown is one hell of a book. It you must have it, you must have it in your collection. Look through it, you can read the whole thing cover to cover, because you're basically looking at it. Yeah, let me just say one thing about that, too. Uh, I didn't realize this. And I knew that Vanguard and BlackRock own pretty much everything. But in addition to that, do you realize that one of the third owners 
on just about every stock, every corporation you look into, you're going to see the top five shareholders. You're going to find BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. And I didn't realize this. I just heard this yesterday. State Street was established in something like 1797. So again, think House of Rothschild. I always go back to the Rothschilds. And uh, Sophia, you may know this or not. I did a uh, little microdoc a few years back called Rothschild Trillions Quantified. And believe me, I quantify it. Okay, so when they say that Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates are the world's richest men, I laugh. I laugh at their one generational wealth examples of the richest men on earth. I like to point to the multi-generational international criminal banking families that have owned and controlled fiat printing presses for generations and who established State Street back in like 1797. They literally yeah. own it all. Well, again, you can't take it with you, right? Right. So whatever you own in the short term, you have. To, what are you going to do with it? This is the point. You have opportunity all the time. We have renewable energy, Sean. Our profit is renewable. Every day we can um, do something, have something left over in terms of energy, be creative, and we are renewable. What they have done is they've tried to own us through this fiat currency slavery. And I, I wrote a great uh, newsletter on this. I shouldn't say great because I'm complimenting myself, but some guy sent me a book called The Greatest Lies Ever Told. And he had a wonderful analysis of fiat currency and the pyramid of control, which, which is um, shrouded on its peak. You, most people have no idea who is at the top. And they think people like Bill Gates and Elon Musk are the people or the richest people or Warren Buffett or someone. But anybody whose name we know is just somebody underneath the real top of the pyramid, which is always in the clouds, always obscured from view. But again, we don't need that. We have the light of day to work with on a daily basis. We can import that light into our bodies. It's not just the plants that need it. We need it and we can heal ourselves. We can cleanse ourselves. We can do so much in terms of biophysics, biochemistry, and bioelectricity with true light. So don't live in fear and get out in the sunlight and don't go for this LED stuff because our my website, avatarproducts.com, we have LED bulbs that are, yes, I know. are light friendly they're full spectrum they're not well, going is, to blind you this is what i wanted to ask you about because i just saw that and i know the audience saw it so i want to play a clip here from chris sky it's two minutes long by the way chris sky is coming on in the next couple of weeks and uh, i want to play this clip about the phillips street lights that are going up all over the country all over the world and are indeed watching you and spying on you. And yes, they are weapons. I want to play that. And then we're going to come back to your store and we're going to talk about those LED bulbs. I'm not a fan of LED bulbs of any type, but you can tell people about that product here in a second. Guys, this is over at my site, thephaser.com. This is Chris Sky. The news that nobody else can and nobody else will. So I got a call from a whistleblower, City of Edmonton, 15-minute cities, and they're talking about how all the lights being replaced all over the city are being replaced with smart lighting that are connected to the internet, that can listen, that can watch, and they all work together. So how did this all happen and how's the World Economic Forum behind it? Check this out. Philips, the world leader in connected lighting as a catalyst for so-called smart cities. This tells you right here that these are designed... These designs are worked together with an open infrastructure to collect data about themselves, the environment, the people, and events. This data can be analyzed and shared via software platforms and mobile apps to save energy, streamline operations, like finding people they want, and make people feel safer and happier. So what is Philips? 
Phillips is the world leader in lighting. So how did they try to get it so we didn't know that they're using these lights? In 2018, Phillips changed its name to Signify. Here's Signify's website. Signify, proudly brands of Phillips. Signify is also, this is the World Economic Forum partner website. So let's go down and see what Signify is all about. Right on the World Economic Forum website, you will find Signify. And what is Signify for? Signify, formerly Philips Lighting, which they admit, is to make smart lighting and connected lighting for smart cities and the 15-minute cities. As you can see, everything's connected. Wow, it gets even better. City of Edmonton, if you think I'm lying. As of 2020 to 2022, the city of Edmonton will be changing 46,000 streetlights to LEDs. These are LEDs is a euphemism for these smart trackable lights. So they're changing 82% of these city uh, of the lights in the city and they say it's to save greenhouse gas emissions. But in reality, we know it's about track trace control. And now we have further proof that the World Economic Forum not only tells our government what to do, they actually provide them the companies and the means for our enslavement and our government is more than happy to work with them and do everything they can to try to obscure it. 100% true in my view, and that is fascism. It's the height of fascism. It's Mussolini's dream on steroids of fascist society. That's what we're up against. Corporations in bed with government equals democide. Uh, and the good news is, I'll come back to your website here, Sophia. A little bit like cryptocurrency and blockchain, there are technologies, every technology can be used for good or evil. And I think we should just drum that out a little bit as it pertains to LED light bulbs. I'm not a fan of LEDs, but tell us about the ones you sell. Well, these LEDs, I, of course, I don't manufacture LED light bulbs, but my supplier, they are a very conscious electronics company, electrical engineering company. They um, discovered that the solar products they were building and installing in people's houses produced dirty electricity. So what did they do? They turned around and made filters for dirty electricity, which you wire into your house. And if anybody wants one of those or wants to know how to test for that, you have to contact me personally. You can do that through the blog, sophiasmallstorm.com. But anyway, the same company made these LED light bulbs, which have a super long life. They are flicker-free. They don't hum. They don't have, they don't put out EMFs or harmonics. And the thing is, they are mood and eye friendly. They don't blind you. They are full spectrum. So the very bright one, 4000 Kelvin, that will um, give you the kind of light that you would get at high noon if you had big windows in your house. So the other one, warmer, 2700 Kelvin, is for me, it's a better light altogether because if you have that on in the evening, your biology is not going to respond as though it's high noon because the whole point that normal LEDs are blue light, they destroy the photoreceptors in your eyes, and they tell your body that it's night. They basically shut you down. So that is not a good thing. According to Alexander Wunsch, photobiologist, I'm quoting him. So you want to have full spectrum light in your house. And people who live in the northern states and where the winters are long and they don't have a lot of daylight, I would say get some of these LED bulbs and use them because, of course, with all the cloudiness in some areas and then the filtering, the deliberate filtering of the sunlight, this is all calculated to put us into a form of sepsis. I had, did an interview with Mike Williams many years ago called the sepsis agenda. And moonlight and sunlight are radically different. Sunlight is life producing. 
and enhancing. And during the night when the moon comes out with that silvery, white, bluish light, that's when the detritivores, the decomposers of the trophic chain, go to work. And they start breaking everything down that's dying and decaying. And they turn it into nutrients for the soil that feed the trophic chain all over again. So when you have a disproportionate amount of darkness or dim light as opposed to sunlight, you're not allowing yourself and the other living things in the biosphere to really live, to thrive. So this is why you want full spectrum light in your house if you can get it. And these bulbs are a very inexpensive way to get it. It's just so interesting. Uh, Just one more aside before we wrap this up. You know, when I drive through my neighborhood now, There are certain people in these homes that have put in all these LED bulbs. And it's so startling to me. It's so bizarre because I like the warm yellow incandescent light. I like the old bulbs. They're getting hard to find now. But I like that. I like that warm light. And sometimes I'll drive by these people's homes and these are beautiful homes. You'd think these people would know better or have some sense. But their homes are lit from within at night and they look like office buildings with that harsh, bright white light. And I'm like, what is wrong with these people? At least dim that garbage. I just don't understand it. But I think it speaks to uh, what Peter McCullough was speaking to at the beginning of our show here. There's just a certain percentage of the population that I don't know if they're dosed with lithium from the skies or if they're just on serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They're all drugged up. I don't understand exactly what's going on, but there's something very, very wrong with our culture in our society. And I know you won't stop speaking out against it and neither will I. I'll call people to your site, avatarproducts.com. And again, the name of your blog, how do people get the blog? How do people get the newsletter? If you go to the blog, sophiasmallstorm.com, there's a little icon on the left that shows you how to get the newsletter. You just have to write me a note and do a minimum $50 a year donation. And then I send it out by snail mail. And, you know, I had had a heard from a friend recently. He said, I love your newsletter. I love that it's on paper and I can sit down and I can read it. Because, you know, if you get something on your computer, you're probably not going to finish reading it and you're not going to enjoy reading it the way you do something that's a piece of paper in your hand that you can. I mean, there are people who tell me they put my newsletters in a binder and they have for years and they have a whole collection. They should. Yeah. Keep it for posterity's sake. Uh, The other thing I should just plug is, uh, and I know you know this person, you might have mentioned her on this call, but you want to talk about an amazing private publication from a truth teller, the Solari Report. I think you've appeared Mm -hmm. in some of those issues and my God, I got the latest one. Every single one looks like something that you would go and buy at Barnes and Noble. It looks like it was mass produced and uh, very expensive to make. It's a magazine really it's not a newsletter it is a beautiful magazine and the latest of which is uh gold a five thousand year protection for you and your family and uh i love the solari report have you written for them um well they she actually uh releases my newsletter to her readers a couple of months later okay i was very flattered um she's mentioned me i've done a couple of interviews with her but overall no i don't write for them but you can also get the electronic version of solari a subscription and you have the online version but that printed a bound it's a perfect bound which remember national geographic how it has that flat back spine well that's how solari report um issues are they're perfect bound that's the technical term and they're very rich in fact sean i'm afraid to read mine because i don't want to mess them up you know i know i, find, I kind of feel the same way in fact uh, as i was uh, reading through this latest one 
she always includes a section about quality television or TV shows or movies, right? Just to remind people that uh, there is real history and good quality stuff out there. One of the things she and I agree on is that the first few seasons of Yellowstone were excellent. This latest season sucks, but uh, I wanted to reach out to her and I think I might via email and let her know there's another really enjoyable show folks can catch. It's either on Paramount or Paramount Plus, and it's called The Offer. And uh, it stars Miles Teller, uh, who I think is a pretty darn good actor. And uh, it recounts the making of The Godfather from the perspective of the guy who wrote The uh, Godfather, Mario Puzo. And it's just fantastic. It's a series. It's very enjoyable. It's not going to change the world, but it's quality TV. And I very much enjoyed it. So for anybody looking for a little bit of escapism, check out The Offer over on, I think it's Paramount Plus. Guys, our guest has been Sophia Smallstorm. I will leave the links below. Sophia, as always, thank you for your intellect and your courage to speak truth, whether it's 9-11 Mysteries, the Handy Sandy, Sook, Handy Sook. The Handy Sook event, or <laughs> in this case, the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank you, Sean, as always. I loved being on. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you, friends, for being here. We love having you here as well. I'll remind you every single day for free. Please check us out at sgtreport.tv. We have a server beyond the reach of Big Brother, so join us there, please. And subscribe star. It's hard to get new subscribe stars, but I'll tell you this, guys. When I was on Patreon, I had nearly 1,400 Patreons. Then they kicked me off without cause or warning. We've got far fewer than that now on Subscribestar. I'll try to remember to leave a link below. But uh, if you join us there, we do appreciate your support. And for real news every single day for free, check us out directly at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda and Mockingbird Mainstream Media Lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. These people in uniform also don't know that they're next. But that's part of the conversation we have to have. Communists have a, a, a way of eating their own, and that's what we're in, the middle of a communist color revolution. That's right. And until they understand that they are also on the list for extermination, they're going to keep following orders. Well, I will say very clearly, the shadow government behind the puppet, dementia Joe Biden, is led by the evil, diabolical mind that in my opinion, is one of the worst we've seen in my lifetime, Barack Hussein Obama.